0: Hi and welcome to Sex and the System. My name is Lara. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have a bachelor's degree in human rights. I'm currently working on my master's degree in global health. Also, I've been writing my bachelor thesis about BDSM from a human rights perspective and I am polyamorous actively living the polyamorous lifestyle and also active in the BDSM community since a couple of years. Today I want to talk to you about knowledge and power, so Foucault's system of knowledge and power and about my negative experiences with a therapist and what those things have to do with each other. So a couple of years ago I went through a mental health crisis and then I've been assigned a therapist by the public system. Um, basically what happened was that then, you know, I talked to this therapist about my problems, but also to give her a little bit of context, I also talked about my lifestyle. Um, only briefly though. Um, But definitely sadism and masochism was something that was mentioned. And what what happened was that my therapist was convinced, or of the opinion, that masochism basically equates to self-harm. And I was a bit baffled by this. I felt really shamed, I felt really unsure about what to actually tell her. Um, And I, well, I didn't like argue with her but I discussed this with her because in, in my understanding, the motivations and the feelings behind Self-harm and masochism are very, very different. I do believe they are conceptual differences, but also from my personal emotional experience and from like things that I've discussed with other people, masochism and self-harm are definitely not the same thing. They, they are different. But again, I don't have a degree in medicine, the psychiatric field, or psychology. Um, So it's not on me to to diagnose people. And I don't want you to think, okay, but Lara said masochism and self-harm are not the same thing. I'm not saying that there aren't cases of people actually self-harming, but covering it in masochism. So depersonalizing their self-harm. That is definitely something that can be possible, that can exist. Um, So I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all. Uh, But for my point, my point was in my experience, those were two incredibly different things. And... um, Basically what this discussion with my therapist led to was two very concrete things. It led to me actually having the feeling that most of the therapy session I am explaining her things. I am explaining her my experiences, my, my feelings um, in regards to that other than talking about my actual problem. So, we never actually got to talk about my actual problem. Also, because I felt so incredibly, and this is the second thing, I felt so incredibly misunderstood. I didn't even think she was beginning to have a grasp of what my experience actually was like. And with her having such a, different understanding it felt for me impossible to actually explain to her what i am going through and where my problems were because the way she made sense of the whole situation also would mean that she would conceptualize my problems very 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 differently than i would and it made me very confused but it also at the end of the day made me very sad and I really I really didn't get anywhere with this therapist and that actually led to me for a while refusing to go to therapy because I was saying okay they don't understand me anyway how can we Like I'm not gonna spend time and energy and also possibly money on me sitting there explaining something to that person and not feeling understood and not feeling like we're actually getting to the point. And then later... I actually, you know, actively searched for my therapist and I ended up finding a wonderful, wonderful therapist that was both uh, very poly-friendly and also very BDSM and kink-aware. And that helped me a lot because that set a completely different ground to the way I could actually... Talk about my experience and actually tackle what my problems are. And where am I getting with this? And this experience that I had with my therapist, with my healthcare provider, is, I would say, a good example for a bigger problem. Because I think, or I, I actually, I know for sure that I'm not the only person experiencing those things. And that it can be very difficult for people with an alternative lifestyle to actually reach out. Um, but I also think this is a very good ex- example to actually explain Foucault's theory of knowledge and power. Michel Foucault is a 20th century French sociologist Um, he could be said to be something like the godfather of modern sociology to be very honest and he has this it's not really a theory it's more like a lens through which to analyze the world So imagine you put on like pink sunglasses and then the world will appear in a different way, you know, you will see shades in a different way or imagine you suddenly have x-ray vision and you don't just see the walls like in buildings or in your room, but you will be able to see the structure that stands behind there. You will see the pillars, you will see the metal framework, um you will see you know the the raw structure that is holding things together, what is behind your walls. So if you think about Foucault, uh it's very very nice to like think about his works it's like this pair of glasses that you put on and then you have a lens through which you see the world. Maybe the pink sunglasses are not the best example because that leaves some shades out. But I do like the example of the like x-ray vision type of situation because that that yeah that leaves you able to see a framework that is essential but that you can otherwise not see and Foucault has this this theory this framework this way to explain things uh, that is about knowledge and power so what does this mean concretely In a in a way this means that basically Foucault argues that knowledge produces power and power produces knowledge. And by knowledge we don't mean just the the personal things that I know that you know but the things that are considered official knowledge, like scientific research. And he explains, for example, on the example of, of the, of the psychiatry, that there is an institution, the psychiatry as an institution, not as just one individual psychiatry, but as a part of the healthcare system um they do research they conceptualize diseases they build frameworks they make sense of things i've touched upon this in my last episode of where the king belongs at pride also if you want to hear more about this and this psychiatry they produce knowledge They define what is an illness, what is a cure, where does one illness distinguish from another one. You know, because mental health honestly is a massive field. If you just look at people's individual experiences, people with different diagnoses will share a lot of similar experiences. And what the psychiatry does is they... They determine, okay, this is the category personality disorder. This is the category depression. This is the category anxiety. And because they are this institution, they have power. They are regarded as something official. And with this power, they have the resources to create this knowledge. And they don't only have the resources to do this, but they also have a certain credibility because then their knowledge is regarded as the official one. And this knowledge, this production of knowledge, then again, gives them a certain authority and a certain power because they are the people that possess that knowledge. So they are the experts. So I hope you can see how knowledge and power is the circular framework. So knowledge creates power and power creates knowledge. And to get back to my my example, and to my personal story, there is not only the similarity that I was also dealing with the psychiatry, but I think my example actually shows this really nicely because my health care provider, my, my therapist in that situation was in a position of power because they possessed a certain knowledge. Because my therapist, you know, had a degree. She was an authority figure. She was representative of this institution. Whereas I was there without, quote unquote, without knowledge. We'll get back to this. But so I was there without any power, just being a person without having a degree yet. I was working on my bachelor degree during that time. But, you know, I, I was there and not being an authority figure, not possessing any official knowledge, not being part of that institution that creates the knowledge and power. But I had my own knowledge and you know how I told you about this difference that my healthcare provider and my therapist, they conceptualized and explained and made sense of masochism and self harm so differently than I did. You know, and I had personal experience with this. I don't know if my therapist had experience with self harm she clearly didn't have any experience with masochism. So even though I was living the BDSM lifestyle, having experience with masochism, talking to actual real life people who are also masochists, who experience those things, discussing this with them, discussing where it differs from the urge to self-harm Even though I did have that knowledge, that knowledge didn't really count because I did not have that power. Because I am not an institution that was able to actually produce that knowledge in a way that is regarded as officially valid expertise. So... That put me in a situation that I was at the mercy of my healthcare provider. And we discussed those things. And at the end of the day, even though we both had a knowledge, an understanding, a very different one of the situation, she was the one that had an official degree she was the one representing this institution she was the one being the expert so my knowledge didn't really count much and honestly this it was very frustrating for me personally um but i think it exemplifies you know this this knowledge and power concept very well And this is also where we get into, for example, the fields of anthropology. Um, And uh, I don't want to call them soft sciences, but also the more social sciences and the humanities. A lot of anthropological research is about actually looking at people's personal experience and validating them and I can hope that you can see now I explain you this concept of power and knowledge how important it is to look at people's actual personal real life experience because I'm also convinced that if those therapists wouldn't actually and I'm not I'm not blaming them personally because they make their studies you know they have their degrees they have a curriculum that they're going through and this curriculum you know is based on a history it's based on a history of knowledge it's based on a history of psychiatry and this is also something that I'm talking about uh, in my Does King Belong as Pride episode. But the, the in the history of psychiatry, um, things, especially the so-called perversion sexualities have been classified in a way that doesn't actually match with reality. They've been classified in a way that could be classified very, very, very differently. And up until last year, or it depends on which country you're looking at, up until this year, um, sadism and masochism was, in the ICD, that's the International Classification of Diseases, still regarded as an illness, and now they've changed it. Now they've changed it that sadism and masochism is only an illness if it causes you significant distress that is not from social stigma. Um, so this, this knowledge and what they are learning and what they are how they're making sense of the situation, how they understand this world is based on this, on this history that has a very questionable grounds. And I think I will actually make, um, a separate episode about the history of the psychiatry and the history of perversion because I think it's really, really interesting. But what this leads to is then at the end of the day healthcare providers actually not being helpful for their patients because they create a sense of feeling misunderstood, but they also create the problem that even if they would be faced with a person that uses masochism as self-harm, or that has a tendency to both self-harm and an enjoyment for masochism, they wouldn't be able to actually help that person distinguish those things. So it would be a lot more useful, not only to reduce the stigma and make the patient feel understood, but to actually be able to offer help and this is why a accurate production of knowledge that actually mirrors the experience of people that practice BDSM that are in the king scene that do enjoy masochism that would be a lot more helpful but that would also mean actually you know Like in an anthropological process, talking to people and doing unbiased research and also possibly doing undoing a history of research and conceptualization that has been done. Because the way We understand things and the framework that we're using you know um it's like you can also refer to that as narratives in a way but the way we understand things will then also actively influence what we consider a solution because what my therapist would have considered a solution to my problems Was to completely stop being involved with the, with the kink scene. You know, what my then later kink aware and sex positive and poly friendly therapist suggested was to actually, you know, give me tools to, um, yeah, healthily understand my own sexuality if that makes sense and that that shows that like the way we make sense of things you know they will actively lead to what we consider a solution and um, yeah that that honestly also shows the the importance of a field-based like actually talking to people type of research but I think this the explaining it with this Foucault's system of knowledge and power also explains very nicely this uh the, the gap between the healthcare provider and the patient in this case and where misunderstandings can be coming from. And also this knowledge and power concept, honestly, it's something that I love using. Uh, I will probably talk about this a lot more. Um, But what I also want to say is that just because knowledge and information comes from an authority figure, comes from an institution, that does not necessarily mean it is wrong. That does mean it can be questioned, who produced that knowledge with which information available. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong and it's invalid. Like most of the time, especially if it comes to medical knowledge, um, big institutions just only have the resources to actually, you know, produce that knowledge and do that research. So please, 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 please don't take this as like an approach to validate any conspiracy theories or feed into this uh, oh, the mass media is telling us something um, or we don't trust this information because it's coming from the WHO or it's coming from the government. I'm not at all saying that the knowledge that is coming from official institutions is wrong. I am saying that if it comes to things that are not actually, like actually researched with people that do practice this in a healthy way, that will create a disconnect between the institution and the actual person that is being talked about. Um, So yeah, don't, don't take me wrong and make this... Don't turn my words into something that will support conspiracy theories, please. I hope that you enjoyed my little exploration in uh, Foucault's theory of knowledge and power and my personal therapist story. Uh, I also hope that you will have a wonderful morning, day, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. I would be really, really happy if you give me five stars on Spotify. You can also follow me on Instagram at system, And whatever platform you're listening to this, just leave me a review. And if you have any questions, any opinions, any feedback, and anything that you would like me to discuss, or also something where your opinion differs from mine, or your approach differs from mine, Uh, feel free to shoot me a message on instagram i would be really really happy to hear back from you thank you so much have a nice day bye